Hey guys, I just want to share a post-WrestleMania episode from the newest podcast on our network, WWE's The Bump. It's a variety show that streams on YouTube and the WWE Network each and every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. The show gives you a weekly front row seat on the action taking place on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. And now you can get highlight interviews from The Bump with WWE superstars in podcast form. This week, new WWE champion Drew McIntyre discusses his whirlwind WrestleMania experience. Bubba Ray Dudley breaks down both nights of WrestleMania. Titus O'Neil gives his thoughts on the Firefly Funhouse match, and NXT General Manager William Regal's on the show to break a little NXT news. I hope you enjoy it, and you can search for WWE's The Bump wherever you get your podcasts. Follow, subscribe, and never miss an episode. I was born a champion. Everybody, this is Matt Camp, and I'm welcoming you back to another edition of WWE's The Bump Podcast. We have a loaded episode for you coming up today. We'll get to that in just a little bit. You'll hear highlights of those interviews, but if you want to see and hear every single part of this week's episode, go back and watch it on demand on WWE Network, on YouTube, on all of our socials where you can follow us at WWE The Bump on Instagram, on Twitter, of course, Facebook as well. And you can watch the show live on all of those spots Wednesday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Go back and watch On Demand as well. But today, what's coming up today? Well, we do not sell you short coming out of WrestleMania. No, no, no. Coming back, our friend, a family member now of The Bump, WWE champion Drew McIntyre is with us. We'll break it all down coming out of WrestleMania with WWE Hall of Famer Bubba Ray Dudley. Titus O'Neil will join the show after, well, he hosted some of WrestleMania and we'll get breaking news from NXT General Manager Mr. William Regal. WrestleMania 36, it is in the books. Wow, what a two-day, two-night event Inside the Performance Center, somewhere in, I don't know, the Firefly Funhouse and wherever else that match went, and of course, the Boneyard. But now, we move on from all of that. It's it's a reset button. It's a new season of sorts, and everybody's got their eyes on the prize. But with the man with the prize, the one of the biggest prizes in the game, here is Kayla Braxton and Ryan Popola talking to the WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. We were able to witness what happened after we went off there at WrestleMania. You were about to celebrate, as you should have, and then out, clutching a referee in his hand, the big show, demanding that you face him for a match right after you put the beast to sleep. Luckily, you Claymore kicked him right back to Netflix. I guess we didn't say that. But yes. what was going through your mind? Yeah. <laughs> what was going through your mind when Big Show came storming out? I think my expression said it all. I was just looking like, what, really? Like, this is already, you know, such insane circumstances. I know I had a couple of buddies messaging me asking, like, why would you do your post-interview in the ring? And I said, well, it's a very different situation. We're not doing anything normal right now. And I was, we're always asked in the back after matches, can we film uh, some of your thoughts? And usually it's for digital or maybe we'll show it on the show. And I know Charlotte had done a promo backstage and I said, I don't want to do the same old stuff. I want to do it in the ring. Just give me a minute to recover and I'll, I'll do some post uh, match words in the ring. 
So that's why I wanted to set it up that way. So it looked a little different. And we're trying to, you know, think outside the box here. So I got my nameplates changed. I got out to the ring. I'm trying to do my interview. I'm not sure where it's going to be showing, if it's like for digital or it's going to be on Raw or wherever it's going to go out. And then for some reason, the Big Show strolls out and my expression said it all. Why is the Big Show here? Has he just been hiding back there? There's barely anyone there to begin with. Why is he in his gear? Has he been here all weekend sitting in his gear? He kind of smelled funny, so he probably has been waiting to pick his moment. Once he got in the ring, you know, he made itself clear, you know, he wanted to pick a fight. And, uh, you know, I just wrestled Brock. I was having my moment to try and express myself. I let him know, listen, I'm a fighting champion, but I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to have the match. Then he slapped me. And, you know, I am Scottish. I do have a temper. I am going to snap eventually. And he had me go and he was on the ropes. I think a few people were genuinely concerned that the shocking news and the shocking footage was going to be Drew McIntyre loses the WWE title the same night as he won it. And thankfully, now I have the bragging rights that I beat Brock Lesnar in less than five minutes. And then I beat the big show back to back. So I think that's a heck of a start for my title reign. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it was interesting, that's for sure. <laughs> now I can talk about it. It was wild. <laughs> well, 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 now, I mean, given the circumstances as a whole, including that one, have you had a chance for your WWE Championship victory to actually settle in now? No. No, I still <laughs> don't quite believe believe it's real. I've been doing media nonstop since WrestleMania was shown. I started at 1.15 in the morning, uh, calling the UK. I was on all the big shows there. Apparently, Tyson Fury and I are feuding now. Um, you know, he's been petitioning for a match with me. I want to let the world know our superstars are going to freaking match first before him. But if he keeps pushing, that will knock his head off when things get Ooh. back to normal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's been nonstop talking about it, and I still don't believe it. I mean, I can reach down to my side and I can do this. That kind of helps believe it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and if we could check out those, like the reason that I took 20 minutes before I did my interview in the ring is I wanted to make sure I got those freaking nameplates on there so I could believe it was real. Um, but yeah, it's still not settled in. You know, this has been such a wild journey in general. The past three months, the Chronicle um, on the WWE Network showed just how wild things got when I won the Rumble. And then, obviously, everything that's going on in the world really kicked in. So it's interesting. You know, I've achieved uh, my life's work, and it's just the beginning. The hard work starts now. But considering what's going on in the world, it is very interesting times. And I'm very proud to be the man leading WWE forward in these uncertain times. Andrew, you've talked about, uh, you know, the, the day and change since uh, WrestleMania was shown. Uh, but in the literal moments after your victory, you had what I thought personally was one of the most powerful moments of the entire weekend when you looked directly to camera and told the entire WWE universe that they were there with you. Uh, really struck a chord with me, and I was wondering uh, what you felt in that moment because it really seemed to mean a lot to you as well. Yeah, if it felt that way, good, because it was real. Um, you know, I don't think any of our superstars plan what they're going to do in big moments. I know I certainly don't. It's all about feeling. And generally, we play off of the WWE Universe that are in the arena. And, you know, their emotion kind of affects our emotion. But going into that match, uh, it was weird being in the back because you can't hear the crowd, etc. But as soon as my music hit, I was in the zone. I went out there. When Brock came out, I looked in his eyes. And, you know, that's a scary man. He was focused. He was ready to go. He had his game face on. You know, no matter the situation, he was ready to fight. And I was ready to fight. And that was my favorite moment as we, we locked eyes. If you could have read my mind, I was thinking, if you pull any funny business, Brock, I'll drop you right now. That's literally <laughs> what's going through my head. 
And then we had the match. I kicked out one in the first F5, 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 F5. Like I said, angrier, angrier, angrier. I got back up, just like in Brooklyn, three Claymores, beat Brock Lesnar within five minutes. And then that's when I had, I guess, a personal moment. I've explained this before, how like you don't see our superstars have those kind of personal moments because there's so much adrenaline from the fans and you don't have that moment till you're back in the hotel. Like I've won a few titles in my career, thankfully. And it's when you get back to the hotel, you're alone and you look at the title, that real emotion comes and it's a real personal moment. So the WWE Universe got to share that personal moment with me as I was kneeling over a prone Brock Lesnar. And then I realized, oh yeah, there's millions of people watching right now. I'm just off in my little Drew world here. Like, in, like thinking, oh my God, I finally did it. And then I saw the camera and we're not supposed to look in the camera. It's called Breaking the Fourth Wall. You know, a movie, if somebody talked like this the whole time, <laughs> it'd, be kind of, it'd be kind of weird. But just in that moment, I wanted to let the world know that I was thankful for them supporting me um, in my journey. And I wanted them to thank them for choosing WWE to take their mind off things this weekend. And I really meant it in that moment. I looked in the camera. And I thanked them when I was on the ropes and I told them, you're all here with me right now. It wasn't planned. It was just how I felt. I thought the one when I looked in the camera would be edited out. WWE kept it in there and I'm glad they did because it was very real and I meant every single word of it. And it's been crazy. Like the social media interaction, like 13.8 million people. Mm. Um, like it was the, the biggest of all time. A fifth, over 50% increase from last year's WrestleMania. That's how many people chose WWE. You know, it was an escape this weekend. And when I talk about not having my moment in the stadium, like, screw that. Like, that was bigger than any WrestleMania moment as far as I'm concerned. You have gained the respect of everyone across the board. Um, and and in, your, in your uh WWE Chronicle, which I actually had the chance uh, to see, we saw that. We also saw you hanging out with uh, WWE superstar uh, Jinder Mahal. We have another superstar as a surprise. So let's do surprises here at WWE's Above. We want to say congratulations. So please welcome Keith Slater. Yeah. Oh, baby. Is this live? He's here live. We're live. Oh, God. Keith. How are you, brother? What's up, man? Dude, I'm so Are you working out? You know that? No, look at I hope me. You're doing push-ups there. All right, you're looking good. I, right, you know the key no, now I, to do what me and Ginger did: get in the gym, get some gym equipment to your house. By the time you come back in three months, you better be jacked, and then you're going to win that universal title of Braun, and then 3MB yeah. takeover is complete. Oh, baby, <laughs> I, I can see it now. I can see it now. Oh, I, I mean, you know, that's what we all been wanting, right? That's what the people outside like, yeah, part, want, you know? Part of our master plan. It was all part of the master uh, plan. You're the final piece. They, they, they just don't know that yet, you know? Now you just revealed it. Uh, but, he, um, uh, yo. Yeah, so uh, we can see it clearly. <laughs> we can clearly see how excited you are for Drew. But I'm like, you know, uh, what, was, what uh, was it like for you watching this on Sunday, watching your buddy become WWE champion in the main event of WrestleMania? Brother, it was just one of those things that I wish to God that it was in front of hundreds of thousands of people at, you know, at Raymond James Stadium. But with the circumstances of everything, like, I just, I just know that when it happened, I got up, I started cheering, I started clapping, I was hooting and hollering. My wife's looking at me like, the kids, you know, they're in bed, calm down. I'm just like, man, look at this, you know? So, so, so Steph was like, you know, you're, you're right, you know, she gave you some, you know, applause too, but... uh it was just one of those feelings that, like, I know his struggle. I know everything he's went through. Like, I mean, I mean I've known him, what, 12, 13 years now since developmental? So it's just one of those things where, like, we've been buddies ever since we met, you know, and he's been my brother, you know, throughout, you know, wrestling. But uh, 
it was just joy, man, just happiness and joy for him because I knew how he felt, you know, and I knew the struggles that he's been through. So it's just one of those things where, like, I'm still smiling for him, you know. Fantastic. Now, now he, that's probably one of the, the longest industry friends of uh, the new WWE champion. Can you tell us maybe <laughs> the difference between uh, current day uh, Drew McIntyre and 3MD Drew? <laughs> God, keep it P- keep it PG. I'm married yeah. now. No, right now. <laughs> you know I won't spill all the beans, man. You know that. I don't want to get. I'll get deported. <laughs> oh no. Um, I can only I can honestly say that um, back then we were younger, crazier, um, fearless. Uh, we we uh, we let's just say we we had a lot of good times. Uh, a lot of memorable moments, but um, thank God he found his wife, Caitlin, because she literally uh, led him in the right direction and loved him so much. So mm-hmm. <laughs> for everything that she's been through with him, but like, no, we were boys, but now we've grown up and now we're men. And I mean, you know, you live and learn, but um, man, we had some good times though. <laughs> yeah, it's a good all of our system now. Like, that's why we're the way we are now is that you get out of your system eventually, unless you're Ric Flair, yeah. you just never do. <laughs> that's very true. And, and Heath, though, off of that, I'm like I'm curious. How gratifying is it for you to know that all three of you in 3MB have had such uh, success after the fact? Is that is there vindication in that to know that all three of you have won championships in a post 3MB world? Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, that's amazing and awesome and everything, you know. Like, that's that's great because, like, you know, 3MB, we, like, <laughs> for some reason now, everyone looks back at 3MB and they're like, man, y'all were great. Y'all did this. Y'all whooped ass, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no. No, we actually didn't. <laughs> um, it was like, but they, but they remember us. So I, I feel like the entertainment that we gave the WWE Universe, they loved and liked, and that's what made us – stick around for all these years you know and now genders you know was champ drew's champ you know it's like i just always wanted the ic title and i'd be happy but it's like one of those things that we're like i feel like you know they, us three are talented guys and it's one of those things that we're like of course we're gonna get some success we're good <laughs> yeah. you love the business you're talented and you work hard you can do anything you're gonna get that shot yeah. eventually I'll petition for it. I'll have a chance. <laughs> hey, let's talk. Let, let me get in shape first, man. Let me get in shape. Let me get now, ready. Now, Drew, cons- Drew, Drew, considering the worldwide reaction to you not only winning uh, the Royal Rumble, but also, of course, you winning the WWE Championship, and we can't forget that years ago, Mr. Mr. McMahon told us this was going to happen eventually. Do you feel like you are the ideal embodiment of what a world champion is? Uh, now I feel very confident to be champion. It's because of all the experiences I've been through. And when Mr. McMahon, you know, said yeah. I'm a future world champion, intended me to have the title probably around about that time, it would have not went well. Some guys in a similar position as me, similar experience, got that opportunity. It didn't go well. And I had to go through this journey of the ups and downs in my professional and personal life to be the man I am today. And I said, I'm ready for anything, no matter what's presented to me. I want to be the champion. I want to be not a top guy, the top guy. There's nothing you can present me I can't handle. And that includes the current world situation. And I'm so proud to be champion. You know, when times are difficult, that's when the leaders stand up. And I'm ready for it because of this journey. And plus, Vince sees the future. He always has. 
you know, he predicted the company to be public. He predicted the network. He predicted McIntyre world champion all in advance. He's got crystal ball. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and he's he, like Marty McFly or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and Heath, you touched on yeah. it at the top, but do you have any uh, final well wishes for Drew as he begins this, what I imagine is going to be an incredible journey as WWE champion? Yeah, man, the only thing I have to say is, brother, I love you, and I am so happy for you. But, you know, you know that all of your family and your friends are happy, the WWE Universe is happy, but your mom's very happy, man. Like, I can feel that, like... I can feel it, you know, like it's starting to come in my eyes. But um, but not like I know she's looking down and she's happy and proud of you, man. And just remember that. Uh, I love you, brother. <clears throat> I love you, baby. Three on B, baby. Thank you. <laughs> not only did we get Drew McIntyre back on the show, we got to talk about what happened with him after WrestleMania with Big Show. And, man, having Heath Slater on there, uh, both men, I can tell you right now, you can't see it, obviously, because it's a podcast. They got very emotional. You could tell what Heath meant to Drew and vice versa and what Drew is now looking at going into the future. Now you can hear myself, Evan Mack, and Ryan Popola break down all things WrestleMania 36 with the WWE Hall of Famer. Here is Bubba Ray Dudley. What was your WrestleMania experience like watching both days of the show? I enjoyed it over two days. I really did. Broken down into, you know, individual shows about three, three and a half hours. I mean, personally, for me, you know, that seven-hour event can get, you know, a little long. That's just my own personal opinion. Breaking it up into two days because of the situation we have going on out there, I thought was a great idea, um, and it made for, to me, it made for better television, a better pay-per-view, a better entertainment experience. And I didn't get it all crammed into one night. I got it over two. Um, and, and I think... The WWE uh, did a great job this year. I said this on Busted Open. I put the company over, not because I have to, but because I wanted to. The WWE as a company, and more importantly, every single wrestler, every single talent, every single superstar, every single performer who, uh, who did what they do out there deserves a round of applause and a thumbs up from the entire WWE universe because... It's not easy to perform in front of nobody. Coming off of the last man standing match at WrestleMania, what did you make of Edge's performance? And what was your take on the last man standing match? We can't talk about Edge's performance without talking about Randy's performance also. You can't dance a great waltz or a great tango or a, or, or, or a great Watutsi or, you know, uh, didn't Fonzie do the Watutsi? <laughs> What was what did Fonzie do in the dance contract? Oh no, hey. do the Fonzie, do the Fonzie. <laughs> Come on, do the Fonzie with me. Okay, anyway, um, these guys. Happy days, baby. <laughs> I love happy days. Did you expect <laughs> anything less than the war that we got between Edge and Randy? On busted open, I said, I hope I get from. Edge and Randy, what I got from Roddy Piper and uh, I forget the other guy's name, Keith 
David, I believe his name, or David Keith in the movie They Live. That was one of the best fight wow. scenes I've ever seen. And I wanted to, I wanted to see a fight just like that. And that's what I got. Not only did I get a great fight, I got a story that came full circle. There was a beginning, a middle, and an end, and I was completely emotionally invested in the entire thing. Um, and that is great storytelling. And when you add the level of physicality to that storytelling, you get the magic that those two guys created at WrestleMania. Wow. Uh, let's talk about overall match of the weekend that happened. I'll say this. I'll, I'll give a caveat to it. That happened in the performance center. Cause we're going to get to the two things that happened outside of there, but Bubba, give me your overall match of the entire weekend at WrestleMania. So I had two. when you, when you, when you talk about a typical match that happens in the ring. Um, but I thought about it a little more. I said, man, if I had a gun to my head and I had to pick one. So, the two it came down to were Seth and Kevin and Rhea and Charlotte. Yes, sir. But Seth and Kevin got restarted. And it turned into a no DQ or a, you know, a type of a, you know, type of a match where it wasn't as traditional. Rhea and Charlotte was traditional. It happened in the ring. It was about the spirit of the fight. It was about the credibility of a championship. And it was two. I felt like I was watching two Amazon warriors go to battle. And I got to give the match to Rhea and Charlotte as far as the best match over the two nights. So, Mr. Bubble Red Deli, there was something that was strange happened this past weekend. It was the Firefly Funhouse match. I just want to get your take, your thoughts, your takeaway from that spectacle. I went on social media and I said, I don't know what I just saw, but I know I liked it and I know I was entertained by it. I didn't get it at first. I kind of got it, but it was one of the, one of the only things that I can ever remember in my career where I actually had to go back and watch it again to completely understand the story that was told or what Bray was trying to project to the people. I guess, and you guys can help me out here, Bray or The Fiend made John Cena face all of his fears. Yes, no, maybe? That's, yes, I, yes, I, he I did. think that's what I gathered yeah. from it, yes. yes. Kind of like his biggest, biggest failures. Or, yeah. Right. It was I, different I, portions I, of his I didn't career. Know if I was supposed to swallow a handful of mushrooms before that or, or not, because. <laughs> 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 it was it but you you gotta the, the creativity was amazing amazing like uh, whoever's mind and, and and i think it's the fiend i think he's the evil mastermind behind what we saw obviously he's the evil mastermind that is such outside of the box creativity that even if i would have hated the premise i would have had to have loved the creativity and the effort. So, especially with this year's WrestleMania, with performers and entertainers having to think outside of the box, those guys went way outside of the box. And I liked it. They made a new box. We stepped outside <laughs> yeah. of the box in the main event. Yeah. Their box looks more like a parallelogram. 
Call different weird corners and stuff geometry, like that. baby. Geometry. <laughs> Get away from those corners. Geometry went to a different level at WrestleMania. There's a sentence I never thought I would say. The main event of night number one was outside the box, but uh, maybe if you compare it to Firefly Funhouse, it it was a fight. That's what it was. It was the Boneyard match, Bubba. It was Undertaker and a man you are very familiar with. I know you're familiar with both men, but especially in the ring with AJ Styles. You see that as a very different spectacle and a very different presentation. Uh, how did you take in and what did you take away from the main event of night one, the Boneyard match? If Rhea and Charlotte was my favorite match, AJ versus Taker was my favorite spectacle, um, my favorite production, uh, my favorite you know, part of the two nights man, how could you not have liked it? Once again, outside of the box, a different set of thinking. You know, we got the dead man. We got big evil. We got the American badass. Right from the beginning, there was a hell of a swerve with AJ popping out of the, you know, of the coffin. And I'll tell you guys, I texted AJ after this was all over. And Matt, as you know, I have a history with AJ from previous companies that we worked in. And I flat out told AJ that was the greatest thing I've ever seen you involved in. And it didn't include one wrestling move. Wrestling move did not matter. That was all about the storytelling and the spectacle. I've never been more emotionally invested in AJ Styles as I was at that moment. And this to me was a rebirth for The Undertaker. Because as Taker has admitted in that 20 in that that 20 minute clip that we saw on the WWE network for his last ride document, uh, documentary coming up, he can't do this all year long. He's got maybe one or two matches a year left in him. And if these are the type of matches, these are the type of productions, these are the type of spectacles I'm going to get from The Undertaker, I will take it. And I'll say it right now, because people have been talking about this for years. People call in to bust it open. People tweet me. They ask the same question, so I'm going to bring it up. You now have the perfect scenario. You know what I'm about to say. You know exactly what I'm about to say. You now, the table is set for The Undertaker versus Sting. You tell him, Bubba! <laughs> you tell him, Bubba! Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And there was a part of me that when this was all and said and done, when Taker raised his hand in the air and the pyro blew and the house burst into flames... There was a little part of me that was hoping in the background that Sting was standing on the roof. <laughs> pointing with a bat somewhere, just pointing well, Matt, at you. Ryan clutching the Ryan clutching the pearls right now. Ryan clutches Bubba <laughs> Bubba. You made me a very happy boy. When I hear someone who has done as much as Bubba Ray Dudley has done say he has never seen things like that before on a show, much less a WrestleMania, it even takes me back a bit. And now a man who stepped in 
when Rob Gronkowski won the 24-7 championship, Caleb Braxton, Evan Mack, and Ryan Popola are here with Titus O'Neill. Congratulations on being one of the hosts of WrestleMania. I'm sure that came uh, as a surprise. I don't know if it did. Maybe it didn't. But um, we do know that <laughs> you summed up the feelings of the world with the look that you had at the end of that Firefly Funhouse match. But now that you've had time to perhaps collect your thoughts, do you know what the heck we did see in that match? I, I honestly think we saw one of the greatest pieces of art that has ever been uh, displayed in any form of entertainment. Uh, hats off to John Cena and Bray Wyatt and the production crew and everyone else involved in the creative um, of that. Of that, I mean, it, it literally was a masterpiece. Watching it, you didn't know what the heck was going on, but having a chance to go back and actually see it uh, a couple of times since then, it was honestly one of the most beautiful pieces of art I've ever seen in any form of entertainment and again hats off to everyone involved in making that happen and, and especially at times like these you know uh, I like to think that uh, WWE is the antidote to tough times and uh, that was definitely something that you know obviously trended uh, you know I've gotten I've received tons of text messages about my response to it uh, since including both from John and uh, and, and uh, Bray uh, saying just how my reaction to it, um, you know, kind of sealed together something that, that they worked extremely hard uh, to make sure that they delivered a, a just a, uh, it was just a, I mean, a historic, uh, to me, a historic piece of work. Uh, that will never be able to be du duplicated. Titus, uh, you made a moment that night in Saudi. You made a moment after you filled in for Gronk after he won the 24-7 title at WrestleMania. Uh, however, you know, you, sometimes it gets lost. You were the inaugural 24-7 champion. Now that Gronk now begins his process as champ, do you have any advice for him? I mean, keep his head on a swivel. Uh, you know, this is <laughs> much like football. He had to keep his head on a swivel and catching the ball in between traffic. Uh, you know, the only thing that's saving him right now is that this social distancing and people having to stay at home. But if he's in the vicinity of any WWE superstar, anybody for the matter, that uh, if long as there is a referee present, uh, his title is at stake. And, uh, you know, obviously being the inaugural champion, uh, I would love to get my hands on it once again. Uh, our truth has had a million opportunities to, <laughs> to be the champion and done very well with the 24-7 title and keeping it entertaining and keeping it uh, fresh. Uh, but a hats off to everybody who's had the opportunity to win it. Um, girls, guys, um, you know, it's definitely been, you know, I think when it was introduced, some people kind of were scratching their head. And then now it's actually one of those things that people look forward to seeing who's who's going to have an opportunity to, to win it next. And, and uh, so hats off to Gronk. He's now the first ever uh, person to be a Super Bowl champion and a 24-7 champion in the WWE. Now, Titus, as you know, things uh, were done a little bit different this year with WrestleMania, what's happening in the world, uh, which means uh, we did not experience quite yet WB Hall of Fame. But your good friend Batista is a 2020 WB Hall of Fame inductee. And considering the fact that Batista's the one who kind of encouraged you to become a wrestler. So what was your thoughts when you found out that he was going to be inducted? 
Uh, I was extremely happy for him, proud, proud of him, uh, not just for what he's accomplished within WWE, but also what he's accomplished outside of WWE as well. Uh, me and him were friends long before I got him into this crazy world of professional wrestling and sports and entertainment. Uh, but he's 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 literally like my brother, you know. Um, he's an uncle to my kids, and so to see him be able to get honored in that way, uh, especially it being here in our city where we live at in, in Tampa, Florida, uh, was just a tremendous um, um, just homage to everything that represents not only Dave Batista and WWE, but the history that is here with uh, the, the the sport of professional wrestling. When you have guys like you know, Dusty Rhodes and Steve Kern and, uh, and and Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Randy Macho Man Savage. All these people are from this area, and to be able to bring WrestleMania to this area is going to be special in itself, but then to also have him being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in front of his family and friends here. Um, and, we, you know, we obviously were going to – we planned a celebration plan where we we're going to – Celebrate at the Florida Aquarium, and we're going to raise money and, and uh, through my foundation uh, and, and and try to help support some of those uh, ventures of, of philanthropy that he supports throughout the year, as well as I do. And you know, yeah, so that that kind of was a bummer too. But at the end of the day, uh, we all know that his selection into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, will be, you know, a ceremonial one at some point during the year when all this craziness goes away. But I just want to uh, always continue to focus on the fact that there are folks that, you know, aren't able to, to you know, go to work. There are people that, you know, I'm, I'm at, you know, my office now trying to help continue to help get our 118,000 kids fed uh, that are on free or reduced lunch here in, in the Tampa Bay area. There are teachers that are having to completely shift the way that they teach. But there are also parents out there that I'm pretty sure after all this is said and done, uh, they will have a greater appreciation for what teachers have to deal with every single day. And uh, I, I'm uh, unfortunately, we were not able to see the smiles on people's faces at the WWE Hall of Fame and, and, and with Dave, Dave Batista and many others that were going to join. But... We have an opportunity to correct all that. As you know, this is TV, so we can always make something right that was wrong. And uh, right now, the only thing that we want to make right is that we want to continue to put smiles on people's faces and send out uh, positive messages and informative messages uh, to those that uh, support our product and support us as WWE superstars and uh, and continue to help our continue continue to help our communities that we live in be better and stronger together. We all saw it. If you haven't seen the look, you haven't heard the, the words or lack of words, Titus O'Neil summed up everybody's thoughts coming out of the Firefly Funhouse match. And, of course, it was nice to hear him speak about his great friend and 2020 WWE Hall of Fame inductee, Batista. But now Kayla, myself, and Ryan are joined by the NXT GM with some breaking news. Here is William Regal. I, I can't believe it. 37 years in this job, and I finally made it to the bump. Wonderful. <laughs> it's our You're honor. on here oh, anytime. Thank you. <laughs> now, like I just said, we're told mm. that you have some breaking news to share with us and the NXT universe. So, Mr. Regal, the floor is yours. Well, I do, yes. Uh, due to current events, obviously, Jordan Devlin, 
uh, is in Ireland and he cannot defend his NXT Cruiserweight Championship. So I've decided that in the meantime, we will hold a tournament for the NXT Cruiserweight Interim Champion. Now, the competitors and the execution of this tournament, I will let everybody know over all NXT social platforms in the next few, for, uh, you know, forthcoming days. So, uh, it, it, believe me, we, we're making the best of it. Mr. Regal, uh, off of that, uh, what will happen with the NXT tag team titles due to Pete Dunne's current situation? Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, <laughs> another perplexing thing, right? So, Pete Dunne is in the UK. So the Broserweights uh, being the tag team champions, I've still got decisions to make on that. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll have some kind of, you know, I'm forming options. Uh, I want it to be the best possible option. And I, I, I will be letting you know, in the, uh, hopefully in the next week. It was an honor to have the general manager of NXT, William Regal, join us. And obviously some massive breaking news there on the future of both the Cruiserweight Championship and the NXT Tag Team Championships. As he said, stay tuned for more information as it becomes available. We want to thank everybody for checking out this week's episode. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and you know the number. You better do it. We ask of you. We hope you think this way. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, if you want to see everything that happened on this week's episode, go back and watch On Demand, WWE Network, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all there for you. Follow us at WWE The Bump. And go back and watch past episodes as well. We're almost 30 episodes deep. WrestleMania might be in the books, but we are not stopping anytime soon. We will have all of your favorite superstars, all of the biggest news, and all of the fun, as always. Why? Because it's fun. That's what we say about WWE's The Bump. I'm Matt Camp. We'll see you next week right here on WWE's The Bump Podcast.